Dads matter and men matter. To become their best, boys need involved men, dads, mentors, teachers, coaches. Stay tuned for ideas about how that can happen. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your co-host, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net, and I'm Janet Allison of boysalive.com. We are so grateful to you, our listeners, and as always, we appreciate you supporting our sponsors and sharing this podcast with a friend. This is On Boys. Dads matter. Men matter. And to be their best, boys need involved dads and male teachers, coaches, and mentors. Now, if you're a regular listener, you have heard us talk about the importance of fathers and the dearth of male teachers, particularly in elementary school and in early education. And if you're like a lot of people, you probably wonder what to do with that information. I mean, it is pretty difficult for one individual to conjure up involved fathers or more male teachers. But that's exactly what today's guest does. Marion Hill is the co-founder of Man Cave. Men all need to be caring, actively engaged, and encouraged. A fatherhood program designed to encourage fathers and male role models to be actively engaged in their child's growth and development. He is also a Black man with two decades of experience in early childhood education and a youth football coach, mentor, and advocate. Welcome, Marion. Oh, good to be here. Great to have you. I have to ask, what came first, your involvement in early childhood education or your involvement in fatherhood programs? It was actually my involvement in early childhood education. Um, I came to the city of Phoenix back in 2001, and I was actually doing grants and contracts, more of the fiscal component. Um, that's how I kind of first got into Head Start. And then I was in there for probably about 10 years and then came to the program. And um, from the program is where I really got involved just, you know, in the classroom and you know, experiencing children and, and the things that go along with that. And one of the <laughs> things that I noticed is that there weren't a lot of fathers around. Um, and so I was like, what's going on? We have around 3,500 um, slots in our program, um, City of Phoenix Birth to Five program. And I just didn't see any fathers. And so at that point, I got this vision that how do we get more fathers involved in the program? Because fathers are really critical to their children's social, emotional, and cognitive development. And then just by chance, uh, you know, you put the vision out there and I ran into Michael Gearian and the light bulb came on and it, things took off. Michael's been on the show. So I think it's important to say, to talk about what the lack of fathers does for our kids. I mean, we know it's not a good thing, but can mm -hmm. you quantify it for us? Yeah, I think, I mean, first of all, you know, when you look at it, and I always I always want to start off on the positive note and the fact that, you know, when fathers are engaged, when they're involved, 
you know, when they're working in, in, in a kind of bi-strategic atmosphere in terms of co-parenting that, you know, children are just more successful. You know, they're more successful in school, they're more successful in life. We've seen them more successful in the classroom and see things like them being more ambitious, you know, self-confident, self-reliant, self-protective. Um, we know they're less likely, you know, to drop out, um, less susceptible to peer pressure. In general, just do, do well. Um, now, of course, there's the flip side of that. And the flip side of that is when fathers are not engaged or they're not in the home. And we see the percentages are just astronomical. We see a 269% increase in terms of the likelihood of them being arrested for drug dealing or firearm possession. You know, they're two times more likely to just drop out of high school and just say, I'm done. Uh, four times more likely um, to live in poverty seven times more likely to become pregnant as teens. So teen pregnancy is huge and you can look and, and attribute fatherlessness to some of that. Two times more likely to suffer from obesity. And then they're just in general more likely to face abuse and neglect. And then they're more likely to have behavioral problems. They're just not um, connected. There's just a piece there that's that's missing. And much less likely to themselves be an involved parent when yes. and if that time comes. You know, it's yes. so much... You can be a good parent, even if you didn't have great role models growing up. I want to make that very clear from the start, but it right. sure is easier if you had a great foundation. Yeah. And we always say, and we always encourage that, you know, where there is not uh, a father, um, is there a father figure? Is there a mm -hmm. community of men um, that can wrap around, um, you know, that young boy or that young man? Because in essence, it does take, you know, a community. And even if you're a father and, and, and you are actively engaged, you know, I always recommend, even with my own son, um, you know, he, he has other, you know, male role models, you know, other mentors. Um, and it's a good thing, you know, because they may see things from a different perspective and, and, you know, and help them along. And so I always encourage that. Yeah. When you were talking about fatherhood, you used two words that stood out to me that I want to ask you about. You said bi-strategic and you used the term co-parenting. Mm -hmm. And to me, these are important because I think what you're getting at with bi-strategic is dads and moms tend to parent differently and co-parenting. Many of us know that word in the context of a divorce or a separation, but even if you're together, you're parenting this child together. And if you're not in a relationship, you still can parent your children. It doesn't mean that your children are doomed. Right. Yeah. And that's important. It's important uh, for us. And it's really the message. Um, that we give, you know, I find a lot when we do, when we work with Man Cave, that even before getting the fathers by themselves, creating this environment uh, for it to be transparent and safe, you know, we have this conversation with both mom and dad. We don't want mom to think that we're doing some things with her husband or with, you know, the baby's father that would be, you know, of negative influence or that we're using as a, as a session to uh, belittle or downgrade uh, our relationships. Um, you know, with our spouses or with the co-parents. That's not what we're doing. What we're really doing is really trying to enhance the skills. And so I find that it's important to communicate with both of them. We have some conversations about what is the difference between maternal nurturance and paternal nurturance, um, because they work together. Even though we do it different, it works together to create what I call this fully social, emotional, fully cognitive developed child. So one, there's really that box strategic parent, but the co-parenting is you need to be on the same page. And so mm -hmm. we do spend some time on communication. How do we enter into and have discussion 
where it's a win-win situation. It's not, you know, I win, you lose, or um, or or you win and, and I lose. That's 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 not what it's about. It's about coming together, being on the same page as we're moving forward, whether you're in the house or you're not in the house, because your children are spending time with both of you. And so what does it look like when it comes to discipline? You know, what does it look like when mm. it comes to um, you know, encouraging the kids and affirming your kids? Um, what does it look like when it comes to communication? Because the boy wants to model after his father and relate to his mother, and the the, the girl wants to uh, model after the mother and relate to the father. And that pays off dividends when it comes to relationships, you know, when they're out of the home and being able to relate to the opposite sex. So it's important that the parents are on the same page. Will you talk about the differences between maternal and paternal parenting. I will say, I will, I will confess that uh, my daughter is 36. When my kids were young, I, as the mom thought I knew the right way and my way was going to work and mm. my husband's way was not. And so there was this <laughs> fundamental rift and uh, maybe some judgment there, I thought mm -hmm. I was the only one that could put my kids to bed the right way. And I don't think I'm alone in that feeling as a mom. So how do you kind of bring the differences together in a healthy and, as you said, a win-win kind of way? Well, that's a great question. We present this as really kind of the eight gifts of the father, the eight gifts of the mother, maternal and paternal nurturance. We connect paternal nurturance um, with what we call aggression nurturance, which comes out of uh, from Dr. Michael Gerian. And then, of course, uh, for maternal nurturance, that empathy nurturance. You know, one is about doing. So that paternal nurturance is all about doing. It's all about action. It's all about moving. Mm -hmm. It's all about proving. And then the maternal nurturance side is really about being. Um, how do I relate? How do I see another person? Um, and so we break down, you know, each one of those for mom and dad. And I think for for men, especially, especially those that didn't have fathers that were actively engaged or involved in their lives, they can see the, pater the paternal nurturance that was missing and how it manifested itself in them. So, you know, we talk oh. about, yeah, we, so we talk about things like with men, that paternal nurturance is, is really around focusing on teaching order and pattern thinking, you know, ritualized actions, tools that are needed for future survival. Because when you think about a father, a father prepares his child for the world, it's flipped for the mom. The mom is more of that protective mechanism. And so she's really kind of preparing the world. How is the world going to look at, at, at my child? So focusing on teaching that order, that pattern thinking, ritualized action, that builds discipline. That's self-discipline. Um, that's the ability to say, you know, I got to get up in the morning. I have to go to school. I have to get up in the morning. I have to go to work, whether I want to or not. I have to be disciplined to do those things because there are going to be results out of that. Uh, men, we downplay emotion and we upplay uh, performance. So it's all about how do you perform? Again, it relates back to being. How are you performing? What does your performance look like, even at the risk of hurt feelings? Meaning, I don't really care about how you feel about it. I need you to perform at a high at a high level. You know, I, I have a friend who is a, the wife is a softball coach. His daughter plays softball and the wife is the coach. Um, we were sitting watching a game um, one day and his daughter was up to bat and she struck out. And not only did she strike out, she didn't even swing the bat. And so when I was watching his, this interaction, so when she came to the dugout, the mom asked her, um, how are you feeling? Are you feeling okay? 
So she wanted to make sure that emotionally that she was okay. So I'm sitting next to the dad, just looking out of the corner of my eye as to what is he going <laughs> to do? And probably about 15 seconds later, he gets up and he, he walks down to the dugout, calls her over to the side. And he says, listen, in order to hit the ball, you have to swing the bat. <laughs> and so you can see an example of here's mom who cares how are you doing emotionally and here's dad who's like no you need to swing the bat you need to move in order to make something happen so really downplaying emotion up playing performance the risk taking and independence comes from really the father why less serotonin less dopamine in our system we're going to take more risk we are going to challenge ourselves and because of that focus, if we don't get it right, this goes all the way back to the order and the pattern thinking. We go back, figure out where we messed it up, where we got it wrong, make a correction, do it again until we get it right. So that builds that that risk taking and independence. Then there's that the expect expectation and enforcing discipline. And we do that through providing contest and test of skills. Play is huge and rough play rough is huge play. because mm -hmm. it brings about that resilience. Father can take a child from zero to 50, you know, in like two seconds. And then all of a sudden he can bring that child down. So it helps the child know I can get, I can get amped up, but I can also yeah. figure out a way to calm oh, myself. Yeah. This is what happens at bedtime. Bedtime, what does dad do? Dad <laughs> yeah. gets the child amped up and mom is like, he's got to go to bed. He's got to go to bed. But dad has a way of bringing the child down as well to say, okay, mm -hmm. it's time to settle. Uh, it's time to settle down. It's time to go to bed. Yeah. Um, another thing that I really uh, push with fathers is that, of course, we resist personal and group vulnerability. So when we raise our kids, if there's that authority, we want our kids to be able to stand alone in the midst of a group. So if the group decides to go one direction, um, we know the difference between right and wrong, and we can make a decision for ourselves to stand upon our own, our own morals and values and move against the group if we feel that the group is going in a direction that's not good that's not good for us. So mm -hmm. those are just quick examples on the aggression side. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart baby formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S. made infant formula to use organic grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete, it seems, how little we know and how 
for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com slash ONBOYS. Winona, menopause care made easy. On the empathy side um, is mom sees this child as an emotional expression of herself. When you think about it, mom carried this child for nine months, gives birth to this child. There's an attachment that is there. And so if the child is going through something, mom's world stops. Those mirror neurons start firing. The empathy nurturance comes out. We've she heard puts this, herself, haven't we, Janet? Yeah. <laughs> this is well familiar. <laughs> yeah, she puts herself in that position yeah. to make sure that the child is okay. And, you know, her world doesn't continue to move until that child is okay. There's a lot of verbal encouragement, you know, that promotes the child's self-esteem. So a lot of it is verbal, verbal encouragement, verbal praise. Dad, on the other hand, is like, no, show me, trying to help a child to resolve really their inner emotional conflicts and stresses. And that's related to that whole attachment system. I got to make sure you're good. I'm good when I know that you're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, moms connect with that, you know, because, because they carried them for nine months, because, you know, they have, you know, moms have more nerve endings, you know, in their fingers. There's a lot of touch. Um, the hugs are a little bit longer or holding the hand or when they're climbing the monkey bars, holding onto them as they go up. Dad, it's not. It's it's short bursts of mm-hmm. contact. Uh, sh- you know, short bursts. You know, it might be a high five, a pat on the butt. You know, a fist bump. It means a lot to a child. But then when you go to the playground, it's like, okay, I'm not going to hold you. Let's see how high you can climb. Mm-hmm. And if you fall off and fall down and hit the ground, Dad's going to look at you and go, okay, are we hurt or are we injured? You know, because if you're yeah. hurt, you can get back up and do it again. Yeah. If you're injured, we need to take care of that. So we kind of lay those things out and it's really enlightening for both mom and dad because it helps them to understand we do things different, mm-hmm. but it benefits the child. Yeah. You know what I get, get out of it hearing you describe them both like that as well is they're both right. Yes. You know, the, the, the softball player example, you know, how do you feel about that? Are you okay? And hey, you got to swing the ball. Those are both correct and healthy and good 
responses. And of course, our children benefit when they can get all of that instead of only half of that. Right. And that's where we go sideways is when they get is when they get half of it or they get too much of that half. Yes. And, and, yeah. then, and then we start to see, you know, some issues. I spent a lot of time, years and years as a youth football coach, you know, and I had kids coming out and, you know, I could tell without even having to look at the family dynamics, is a father there, is the father engaged, or is it just mom? What's going on here? Because I can see it, you know, in the kid, you know, I'll have dads that come up to me and say, hey, I want my kid to be aggressive. I need him to be aggressive on the field. And I'm like, look, the kid never even played football before. So we need to go through some steps, you know, before you can get, <laughs> yeah. before you can generate that kind of aggression, he has to understand the techniques that are involved in the game before he understands the techniques that are involved in the game, then, you know, he's got to practice, 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 practice. That builds confidence. Then, you know, the aggression comes, you know, moms, on the other hand, you know, my child, you know, they're, they're, they're just kind of quiet. They keep to themselves. You know, we bring these boys out and we challenge them. We challenge them to the nth degree, almost setting them up in the beginning to where I know that they're going to fail at the test that I put them through in the beginning. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I'm getting ready to, I'm getting ready to break them down and I'm getting ready to build them back up. They do the test again. All of a sudden, wow, like I blew that test out of the water, whereas two weeks ago, mm -hmm. I failed with that. So mm -hmm. now there's more confidence, confidence yeah. in my ability. And then it makes a difference when they step into the classroom. There's some confidence that, you know, I can do what I set my mind to be able to do. When it comes to dads, you know, guys today are in such a challenging spot in so many ways, I think. First of all, our societal expectations and definition of father, we don't seem to be real clear on what we want. Mm -hmm. It seems It's changed a lot just from mm -hmm. the time I was a kid till now. And then layered on top of that is this societal message that, you know, fathers are kind of disposable, bumbling idiots. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that that's true, but that's kind of a pervasive thing that we see in the culture. So when you are trying to involve dads, there's, there's a lot going against them. And I think we in society, both us as moms and then schools, early childhood programs, we put up a lot of obstacles for right. fathers. Right. Can you talk a little bit about those things? And most importantly, you know, what we can do to bring fathers in and to really support and facilitate their role with children? Yeah, I think some of it is just the fact that fathers just don't know. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like you don't know what you don't know, and they want to be involved, but they don't know how to get involved. You know, a father will show up to the classroom, especially, with, you know, in, in our Head Start classroom, and the teacher won't reach out, and the father's not going to reach out. And so, therefore, I, I don't get anything from either one of them. And I always encourage the teacher, you know what, if you just ask the father, I will bet you, I will bet you that he will be all in. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that this whole thing, the culture and the way the culture looks at fathers, you know, we can look at social media, we can look at commercials, we can look at movies. And you're right, they, they men come across as really kind of bumbling, stumbling idiots, huh. uh, you know, and that's not necessarily the case. And so a lot of the fathers, a lot of the men that I've dealt with are struggling in the fact that if they didn't have a male role model, if they didn't have, you know, a father that was engaged and involved in their lives then they're struggling with really, what does it mean for me to be a man? And now all of a sudden, here I am with a kid. Mm -hmm. So we have to we have to rewind and go all the way back and say, okay, you didn't get a manual in terms of, of, of parenting and saying what it, need, what it means to be a father. And so we need to look at the experiences that you had 
when you were a child coming up in your parents' household, what were those experiences? Were they good? Were they bad? Were they indifferent? Because those experiences fed into you and it and it built either it either built up or tore down your self-esteem, or cognitively, you either determined that I have some worth or some self-value, you know, or I do not. And then it kicks out on the backside and it manifests itself in your behavior. The first thing that we deal with is the roots of fathering. What was your relationship like mm -hmm. with your father? What were you, what did you gain? What did you miss? You know, and a lot of times guys are like, I struggled. You know, my father wasn't there. I was angry or my father was there. My family started off great. And then all of a sudden drugs came, you know, got involved. And now my father's disconnected or there was a divorce. Um, and so these guys are struggling. So we have to deal with this little boy that never yeah. really grew up um, and has been impacted because he didn't have his needs back. And now he's a man. And that little boy will well up inside of him. And the things that you didn't get when you were a little boy will manifest itself in your relationships. And so we have to deal with that. We have to deal with that hurt. We have to deal with that pain first so that we can move forward. And for the most part, men want to be involved. More and more men, especially the millennials, they want to be involved. They want to actively be actively engaged with their children and want to care for their children. We're seeing more and more dads are staying at home. That's a different environment, you know, related to, you know, because of COVID. You know, mom and dad have to make a decision. What are we going to mm -hmm. do? Because, you know, we don't have the child care. Child care shut down. What's going to happen? And so we're seeing more of that. Most of the guys that I talk to, I'm like, if they would just ask, if they would just ask. And so we get this bias where a teacher is not going to reach out to a dad for a perception that, mm -hmm. you know, she might be trying to talk to this dad or this dad is, you know, this, this guy is married. He's got a family. What are you doing? And so there's this bias of, I'm not going to reach out to him. Or there's this bias of what her relationship was like with her father um, that now yeah. um, prevents her, you know, from reaching out. But dads really do want to be involved. And so we do things with them, um, both mom and dad, with the family. We create this environment where, yeah, we press hard when we're in our individual sessions, just dads, just men talking about those issues. But then we also create this environment where we bring the family in. So it's kind of like, look, we're going to the zoo this week. It's a family event and everybody's going. Or we have connections with our with our sports teams here in Phoenix. Um, we've got a field day that's coming up. Um, Milwaukee Brewers, they have spring training here. They're in town. So we have this field day. We bring them out. We bring mom, dad, the kids out. We have all kinds of activities. We feed them. We give them things to take home and to do. And then we say, you know what? Take pictures take pictures and send us pictures, and then we create some competition. So if we're going to give you these packs to build these cars, then you know what? Two months later, we're going to call you back and we're going to have a competition. And we're going to see who's got the fastest car. We're going to see who's got the prettiest car. And then we're mm -hmm. going to give out prizes and things like that. So there's some incentives that go along with that as well. So we press both mom and dad um, in order to create that environment to where we can, we can come together uh, and do things as a family. And now we're enriching the family. And now we're building relationships because the fathers are building relationships with the teachers, um, with our, you know, with our agencies that provide services, and they want to be involved. So, Marion, now all of our listeners want to move to Phoenix so they can be part of your program. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds amazing. Are there other programs like this? Is it being replicated other places? You know, um, it's interesting that we have five grantees in the greater Phoenix or in the greater Phoenix area. Um, the difference between Man Cave and our other programs and where they're struggling is this program was created by men for men. 
Um, and so we really understand, when I look at this, I understand the dynamics of being a man, I understand the dynamics of being a father and a husband, um, of being a son and an uncle. I understand those dynamics, and so creating that environment for that. So we have other agencies that, you know, they're, they're, they're run by, by women, and, and they're trying to figure out how do we do this. And so what I've done is I've just reached out and said, listen, you know, we've got a nurturing fathers program, we've got a marriage and parenting program, we do them online, we do them in person. I have no problem with you sending your crew over to us. I'm not trying to take them. They're in your program. Yes, they are. But we serve a different purpose, you know, in our program. And so I partner with the other organizations um, to bring them in. So even though we started off in Head Start and we were serving dads that have kids zero to five, now we serve dads that have kids zero to 24. So oh, whether, wow. they're, you know, whether you're in Head Start or not, all you got to do is have a kid that's younger than 24, come on. Because dads were bringing other men. Hey, can I bring my next yeah. door neighbor? You know, can I, you know, can, can I bring my older son who's now um, is married and has a kid? So that's what we, that's what we find. That's what I wanted to ask is, you know, how do you get the guys involved in your program? And I'm showing my own bias in asking this question. I just know that, uh, a lot of the guys I know are like, hell no, I'm not going to go sit in on a class kind of thing. Yeah, we get out and talk to them. We're at, we're at every resource fair that is out there and that is available. We are out in the community. The, the great thing is I have dads that have gone through our Nurturing Fathers program. Now that's 13 weeks of intensive communication, breaking yourself down and building yourself back up. And a portion of those dads have come back to me and I've been like, okay, how do I get involved? Like, nice. I want to become, I want to become a, a trainer or a facilitator. Like, this powerful. program impacted me so much that I want to be involved. And so then I have train the trainer sessions, and I'll bring out consultants and trainers nationally from the Nutrition Fathers program and put them through that program for, you know, for certification. So I find that happens, and then it just the word just starts spreading in terms of what it is that we're doing. And I make sure that every opportunity that I have. Um, for resource fair. We also have our fatherhood summit that we do annually. Another opportunity um, to bring families out, uh, practitioners out, you know, counselors, therapists. I'm like, if you even remotely work, you know, with a family where there's a father, there's a, you know, there's kids, like you need to be a part of this because we're going to hit you from, from two angles. You know, we're going to hit you from understanding maternal and paternal nourishments, but we're also going to hit you from science that's behind that. And that's what gets them. Then we hit them with the science and show them, look, this is how you're wired. And you're wired for paternal nurturance. You're wired for maternal nurturance and helping you to understand. Now, all of a sudden, the light bulb comes on and we're like, I want to know more. I want to know more. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me. So I'm 51. She's 41. And she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's 
irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com slash onboys. Winona, menopause care made easy. You know, it hits me. This is good for guys, too. This is good for dads, too. We we focus on the boys because the, it's on boys podcast. Mm-hmm. Your dads wouldn't keep coming back and they certainly wouldn't come back and say, I want to be a part of this if it wasn't good for them too. being oh, yeah. involved in children's lives is good for moms, for dads, for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we get more comments that come back to us from moms going, you know, what a difference. This is crazy. Um, I did a, um, a conference uh, in Las Vegas for a thousand days, the first thousand days of early in early head start. And my title was uh, the paternal nurturance asset. What a difference a dad makes. And really just put it now that room was probably full. There were probably about 60, 70 um, that were in that room and maybe only three or four that were uh, dads. I have teachers or practitioners come up to me and go, hey, can my husband be involved in this? You know, can he, can he be involved? And really that's what we do. I find that the attitude that we have with regard to man cave and really wanting to make a difference in the lives of children and families through father engagement opens up a lot of doors that I don't even expect uh, to be open. Um, and I, I'll get a phone call. I'm, I'm working with um, an organization called Grad Solutions, which are for individual children, um, kids that have dropped out of high school that are now going back to school, uh, not to get their GED, but to get their diploma. And we've got a lot of those kids who are 16 to 21 that have their own kids now. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them that are homeless and some of them that come out of these just tough environments, um, you know, they're involved. So it's every opportunity that we can find, we just set ourselves up to, to be out there. I have little business cards that fold out um, into eight by tens. I thought I had one sitting here at my desk that fold out the little eight by tens. And it gives you a quick snapshot of our program, um, everything that we nice. do, our partnerships, those kinds of things. And then I partnered with each one of our service providers. So we've got uh, seven service providers all together. They cover all a multitude of school districts, nonprofits as well as school districts. Uh, and that's another way. Yeah. to get out there so where they are that's where i'm gonna be awesome so now i'm going to challenge you marion to be in that home maybe I, w- I mean we we have listeners from all over the globe there's that mom with that son maybe she's a solo mom 
and dad might not be involved or might be. What do you say to that mom who may be thinking, yeah, my this my child's dad is never going to go for this. Like, what is the first little step to kind of uh, break the ice a little bit? for that mom to take because typically it's mom that's gonna kind of Mm -hmm. pave the way right right and that first little step really is breaking down really just a little piece of the difference between paternal nurses and maternalism and what what dad or if not dad a male role model can do for that child just their presence just the sheer presence of them being around other men being around their father um, and so that, that's really the first, you know, the first thing. Now, I understand that there are relationships that ended, you know, there it was a negative ending. You know, there was domestic mm-hmm. violence involved, things like that. Uh, there was some level of trauma. That's the reason my father is, is, is not in the household. I'm not trying to bring that father back into the household. What I'm trying to look mm-hmm. at is I'm trying to look at, okay, what, what male role models do we have? What about your father? Um, mm-hmm. What about, you know, is there is there an uncle? You know, is there a pastor? Is there a coach? You know, what other men are there? I encourage you to get your child involved in sports because that's going to put them around other boys and it's going to put them around men who mm-hmm. put themselves in a position to be male, you know, male role model. I, I don't look at the, the one that's out of the house, depending upon now, there are times where, you know, the dad is not in the home and they're not in the home just because they just had relationship issues and they really do want to have a desire to really kind of come back together or try to figure out how to work things out. Uh, you know, I encourage, we have a marriage and parenting program. So the marriage and parenting program is similar to the nurture and father program, but it takes both of them through. Mm. Um, and so it, it helps them to go back. So instead of me dealing with um, the relationship you have with your father, let's go back and let's look, look at history. Let's look at his story. Let's look at your story. Let's look at what brought you together mm. in the first place. So let's talk about that. Let's have some memories. Let's have some fun. You know, why did you decide to come together? What brought you together? Um, you decided to have a family. What was that decision based upon? So really kind of taking them back before moving them forward. And then, mm. then we take them through communication, you know, and that's really what a lot of it is. It's communication, you know. So it depends on the environment and the scenario, the situation that, you know, that that we're in. Um, sometimes I'll just have moms that would just say, look, dad's not in the home, but I really do want him to be involved in this program. And we have a relationship where we can, you know, where we can talk. You know, and she'll reach out to him and say, at least, you know, at least give it a shot. And that's what I do is I just create the very first uh, time we meet is really an introduction to what we're going to do over the course of the next 12, 13 weeks. Um, And it's really kind of setting them up for this is where we're going. I want to enhance what it is that you already have. We want to build you up where you're torn down. We want to strengthen you where you feel like you're weak. And then we want you to gain a complete understanding of child development. We want you to understand mm-hmm. that. And that way you'll see why it's critical for you to be involved. I'm going to ask you a big picture question. How can we as a society better support fathers and families? You're doing great work, but you can't do this all by yourself. This We need some communal effort and uplift here, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as a community, we just have to begin. I think we have to begin getting men involved and bringing on more men more real male role models and then creating an environment where we can have discussion where we can talk where we can bring both groups together we can bring mom together dad together and we just throw a subject out on the throw a subject out there and have some conversation about it i think other things is organizations really do need to have some training 
related to biases, you know, unconscious biases that are sitting out there. You know, you may not be serving a particular individual just because of a bias. And so dealing with that, you have to create the environment to say that we want, we know the role. And a lot of people I talk to, they know the role and they know the importance of, of the father. But there's so much that's out there that deflects. So whether it's relationship, prior relationship with your own father, whether it's social media, whether it's entertainment, whether it's just what I call the man box. And the man box holds a lot of men back. Mm-hmm. That man box is, is, you know, society's perception of what a man is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm supposed to be self-sufficient, supposed to be self-reliant. I don't need to ask anybody for anything. I don't need to be vulnerable. I don't need to show my feelings. I'm just supposed to be hyper-masculine. I'm supposed to be hyper-sexual. I'm supposed to be, you know, I'm supposed to be aggressive. I'm supposed to be the one that runs things. And we have to go back and break that down. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's put that out there. And let's understand the difference between what society says that you're supposed to be and really, yes. really what you were created mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. And you were created to be a nurturer. You know, man and woman come together to have a, to have children. You were created to be a nurturer. And so yeah. let's get down to your true self. And a lot of times men wear these masks, whether it's a mask of stoicism, whether it's a mask of athleticism, it's because there's hurt there. Yes. And if you don't deal with the hurt, if you don't, if you don't run through the pain then uh, and face up to it, um, then they're not going to be involved. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's really the thing. And then the other thing is that that maternal perception. So if you're communicating with mom and saying, look, what is your perception right now of, of the father, the paternal asset? What is your perception? And a lot of times it's changing the perception of mom that you should expect this of the father mm-hmm. because he's wired to provide these things. And that's mm-hmm. going to benefit your child. So mm-hmm. we have to go through the gateway. Then was the gateway. The gateway is the mom. I can't get to the dad without going through the exactly. mom. Exactly. I think too a, a place that we can make a difference, and you have talked about this, is those early childhood teachers, which are primarily female, and even early elementary teachers, primarily female. They are the ones that can reach out to the dads and bring them in, come read a story or come talk about your job, whatever it Mm -hmm. is, that they have the platform Mm -hmm. to make school okay for many men who have been traumatized by school in their past, that that can be the doorway of this is a place that we need you. Mm -hmm. We want you Mm -hmm. and you, you can serve here. Yeah. And so to to be able to support those teachers in how to create that connection with the dads and, you know, it might be pizza, bring them in and have pizza and, you know, have a have a parent evening or a dad evening. But I, I mean, I was a teacher. Nobody ever talked about doing that when mm-hmm. I was teaching yeah. uh, and the importance yeah. of doing that. And yeah. what a sea change early childhood and early elementary teachers could make in bringing dads into the picture, all men into the picture. Yeah, I think you have to do innovative things and you really have to think outside of the box. You know, I'm proud of a couple of things that we do. You know, I got together with Lake Shore and I was like, look, I want to make this father kit. It's a little backpack. We've got all the parts for these air-powered balloon cars. Let's put a book in there. Let's put uh, a tape measure in there and stopwatch. Um, let's give them, you know, some instruction and then let's send it home with them. And it's, yeah. it's the moms, it's the moms that reach back and go, this is fantastic. Like my family hasn't had so much fun just together 
doing this, but then we bring dad back and go, now look, you doing this activity with your child, let me, boy or girl, let me show you what it did for them. And so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll hit them with that. Or in the in the uh, classroom, we've got a, a work with Greater Concern Link, who's one of our largest nonprofit um, service providers. They serve around 1,100 children. Um, we have a partnership with PayPal. So PayPal has this innovative program that they're doing to teach kids K through twelfth grade how to code. So that's like the new things. Okay, how do how do how do you become a computer programmer? How do you code? And so yeah. they have this they have this fantastic program. And so I went to them and I'm like, you know what? Have you ever thought about backing that up to preschool? Because I've heard Google say if you want more women involved in STEM, if you want more women to be technologically sound and get into these environments and these these jobs that are high tech, you got to rewind and start all the way back in preschool. And they said, you know what? That's pretty interesting. So I was like, let's pilot it. Let's just do a pilot. And so they were all in. So we have these, the kids make these robots and these robots, they can actually program on this pad to do things. Um, and that's another opportunity to bring dad into that environment. Because now I'm building something, I'm doing something tech. And we're teaching preschoolers how to code. I suddenly feel very, very old and not tech savvy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to put this out here too, because we talked recently with Richard V. Reeves, who has written a book of boys and men. And he talked about how we need to get our boys into the heel professions, health, mm -hmm. education, administrative, and literacy. literacy. It's been about girls in STEM, girls in STEM, in, in science and technology. How can we possibly start to bring our boys into these nurturing occupations? Early childhood teacher, you know, you are you are an anomaly out there, Marion, mm -hmm. to be in an early childhood classroom. And a recent medical experience, just thinking about how men have mostly female nurses and that's not so comfortable men right. want to have a male counterpart or at least have the choice mm -hmm. and yet we don't have that push to tell our preschools preschoolers about here's here's something else you could do you could be a nurse you don't have to be a doctor you could be a nurse and bringing them into these heel professions yeah, we don't see other, you, you don't see other men in those environments. And so they're not role models and, and kids right. see that, you know, you immediately think that, and, and I thought this, I thought, you know, to go into a preschool classroom in an environment, like I've got to be this like super nurturer, which is outside of the scope of who I am. That's, that's not me. Um, and then I step in the classroom, understanding my own ability to nurture and the fact that a man steps into a classroom and kids just gravitate to it. Absolutely. Especially, yeah. especially you got them climbing yeah. on you pretty quickly, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially boys. We have all boy classrooms that go in there and they just yeah. gravitate to me. It's just like, you know, so you can sit down, you can play, really kind of be that role model. You step into the girls' environment, and again, it's the same thing. Like they're having, they want to have conversation with you, or if they're doing something, they want you to be involved. Like it's, it's as Dr. Kyle Pruitt said, it, it is a father need. The child needs the father. 
they they need them uh, you know biologically they need the father and so really just breaking down those those barriers and showing kids that you know you can be um, a nurturing man but just who you are because you bring something different to the you know to the table you mm -hmm. know your masculinity that masculinity can still be that that create a nurturing you know environment because they're really you know there's two sides to it as I listen to this, I'm struck by the fact that in recent decades, pretty much my life, you know, men have kind of been pushed out of education and in some ways pushed out of families, not that they're not necessarily in them, but the, the female and maternal way has been prioritized, mm -hmm. I think, a lot. And I think that we as a society, and we all have a role to play in this, every one of us listeners needs to really stop and question our own unconscious biases about what we think guys can and cannot do and refocus on the ways men can be nurturers in the world, the ways men are nurturers in the world. We need that masculine energy as much as we need the feminine energy. Somebody looks at you, Marion, and they're going to think football player before they're going to think preschool. Mm -hmm. And that's the way our society thinks we need to be able to look past that it's okay to think football player but you can also think great with kids right right yeah there's a lot of guys I mean I I love kids I you know and, and I just like being around them I like you know some of the things the quirky things that they do but it also teaches me things it teaches me things about myself you know it helps me to understand um but I just think that you know really kind of creating that environment I mean if you go back to pre-industrialization age where did where did boys spend the bulk of their time? They spent it with dad out in the field, whether you were working on a farm, working out in the field, working on, a, on an automobile, whether you were hunting, time that you spent with dad. And so dad had to be in his presence, a nurturer, because they spent the bulk of their time there. Now all of a sudden, you know, we go into the classroom and we have this environment where now I don't see anybody that looks like me. I have female teachers and now you're asking me to sit in this chair and listen to you and watch you teach and I have no movement and now all of a sudden I'm restless or I'm bored and now that causes problems and it just yeah. begins to roll and roll. You, I, I feel like you have to create this experiential environment. Books are there and we read the books, we get educated through the books. How do I take the story in that book and create an, ex, an experience out of it? And mm -hmm. that means I got to go outside yeah. or, or that means I got to do something to put my hands on really where the learning you know, takes place when I can experience it. I can't, I can't read a book about a tree and I've never seen a tree. Right. I really do think that really a lot of what it comes down to is tough because you just don't see men program. We're probably maybe, I can count the number of men on one hand. Actually, I can count the number of men probably on three fingers. You just don't see them. So it's mm -hmm. really, how do we bring fathers in, you know, into that environment, you know, bring them into the classroom, volunteer, create more events, things for them to do. So that so that kids can see, you know, these women that are engaged, that are involved, you know, being role models or being parents or, you know, commenting and encouraging other kids, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, we need to see more of that. We need to get rid of this perception that there is no use for father. There there is no use, you know, for a man. What you know, what use are they? I mean, we we live in a time and age now where you know women are self sufficient. You know, they can do for themselves. You know, and really, in essence, when you think about it, do they really need a man? You know, when I was coming up, my, you know, my mom was like, well, okay, look, women are sufficient, you're self-sufficient, 
you don't need to do anything for one another. What you need to do is come together to share a relationship and to love one another. It's not who can do what for who. Um, and then for mm-hmm. your kids, it's really the same thing. It's two individuals that are coming in to hold up a household um, that bring their story into it um, and creating an environment for a child to thrive. I'm going to challenge our listeners, our female listeners, to take three actions after listening to this episode. Number one, the next time dad is doing something with the kids and you're like, oh boy, I don't, let it go. Let it go. Stop yourself. If you have to go in another room because Mm -hmm. it's driving you crazy, let it go. Just see what happens. It's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, appreciate the men in your life and in your boys' lives. Maybe it's your father, your brother, a coach, a teacher, somebody who is in your son's life and making a difference, appreciate that person. Tell them or send them a quick email or text and say, hey, this uh, means a lot to me and my son. I see this, I value this. Number three, encourage your schools to get dads involved. Some of you are on the PTA. Talk about the PTA, reaching out to the dads. Work with the schools. Do what you can to make dad and male-friendly environments because our boys need that, our dads need that, our societies need that. Marion, where can people uh, find more information about your Man Cave program if they want to, if they're in Arizona, they want to get involved, or if they want to explore how we can do something like that elsewhere? If you're in the area and you want to get involved, you can always hit up Greater Phoenix Urban League, which is um, gphxul.org um, backslash mancave. Shoot me an email, mancaveprogram at gmail.com. Thank you so much for all the work that you are doing on behalf of fathers, families, and boys. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. Oh, yeah. I appreciate uh, just taking the time and you guys reaching out to uh, want to talk about this. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of this program. And I'm glad that it's, uh, it has an impact where others want to talk about the importance of uh, fathers and the impact they have on, on boys and daughters as well. Daughters as well. Yes. Thank you so much, Marion. This has been the On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Janet Allison of boysalive.com and Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net. As always, we appreciate you, our listeners, and we thank you for supporting our sponsors. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at mvmt.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at mvmt.com.